Scallywags, scoundrels, rogues, and rebels, Asylum Studios is pleased to present a show that will bend your mind, scramble your morals, and ruin your good taste. This is not a show to take home to your mother and definitely not one for the children. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Chaos and Disorder. Two in a row, and you're welcome. But welcome back into Chaos and Disorder. I am your host with the most, the talent, Rick Fleer, and joined as always by the gray-haired anger generator, the reason Nancy Reagan told you to just say no, the original Florida man, Mr. Rick Briggs, and completely and utterly unnoticeable in his absence, of course, once again proving that alcohol in elementary schools do not mix no Alejandro Finkelstein this week. Hopefully he'll be released from the clink in time for next week's show. Well, I hope so anyway. I mean, I had to push those two buttons myself today. I'll tell you what, I'm exhausted. Well, just get a little paper towel, yeah. dab the sweat yeah. off your forehead, you'll be okay. Yeah, so, so hopefully the show can go on. So essentially now i got to wait and then at the end play a song and then hit stop on the recording. So I hope I can handle it. Yeah, but see, the thing is... You can't sit there and look up videos mm, and talk at the same time. And then play the wrong audio element that I planned for seven days. I right. mean, uh, who else is going to do that? Yeah. So some things you can't replace. So stay out of the fa- the schoolyards, Finkelstein, is what I would tell you. Of course, head on over to at Chaos and Disorder on the tweeters to find out what an octogenarian is thinking about while he's on the toilet. And, of course, you can check out my latest banana hammock reviews on Facebook at Chaos and Disorder Pod. And, Rick, we finally settled it. Every week there seems to be a debate about the email. Your boy in Italy can't get a hold of us. There's nine or ten email addresses floating out there. So we worked together before the show. I've confirmed the email address where you can get a hold of us. It's twerking in your twilight at hotmail.com. So go over there, speak directly to Mr. Briggs. Right. And if you can't spell that just for on safety's sake, Asylum Football at Gmail or Chaos and Disorder Pod at Gmail. Oh, so, so, you, so you're giving people the, the backup account. Right. So you're add, adding more confusion. Look, they're listening to us. They can't be brilliant. So some of, that, some of those words may be difficult to spell. So. How dumb would you have to be to, like, look forward to this coming out every week? Because there's got to be a few of them, don't you think? Oh, look at us. We we enjoy ourselves. Well, yeah, but I always assumed we were the only two, but that doesn't seem to be the case. But this. I'll tell you what, I came down to the desk getting prepared for the show yeah. and everything. Oh, hours ago. The, the amount and of prep you put in this I show w- is tremendous. <laughs> I was flabbergasted oh. that Girthy put a brand new yellow Sharpie Ooh. right by my computer. Where now, when I can get down, I, you know, because now I don't have my... Uh, little zip drive. Yeah, what happened to your flash drive? I'm back. Well, remember, we had the issue. I don't have Word anymore and all that kind of stuff. And it just got to be a pain, so I just print them out. And now I can highlight all this good stuff. So, Girthy, thanks. Well, good on Girthy. Yeah, better than Finkelstein. You think that would be something Finkelstein could do, but. No, I got a question for you. All right. Did you get our boy Pedro's prizes sent off? I didn't get him sent off. I finally found the second half of it. As you know, there's been two years of ill-gotten Amazon gift cards, and I had the one in studio last week, and I finally found apparently apparently the one I had here was this year's, and last year's I was still two years ago, whatever it was, Doesn't was really still matter. in the desk at work. The problem is now the guy I have won him. our contest. Yes. Well, that, that's probably not a problem for him. The problem is we haven't sent him his prize, and by we, I mean Finkelstein, because let's be honest, I'm not going to do it. Well, he, I checked with Finkelstein during the week. Okay. He claims that you said that you were going to do it personally. All right. So, 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 so let's back this up. So I asked him what were the odds – and the latest on FanDuel was plus 250 that yeah. it wasn't happening yeah, if well, you were doing it. Well, that was it, so. a pretty fair bet. Yeah. yeah. And as a matter of fact, I can't believe for a second I said that. I mean, not only am I lazy, I'm also really arrogant and would make no secret that I can't be bothered to do such a thing. That's certainly true. I mean, now, now, 
we will get them out. Oh yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get it out. Well, I don't know. Now he's in the clink again. You know, I I'll do it if I right. have to. I, I will send. I will if send. I the, have to. The the chaos and disorder prize pack with you, and, and you can get that. Out. Pedro was his name, was it not? Yes. So. So fear not, Pedro. This is probably the second episode of Chaos and Disorder he's ever listened to. Fear not, it's on the way. And maybe keep listening. Please download it. You don't actually have to listen to it. We get paid for downloads. Nobody knows what you're listening to. Exactly. So So, download away, subscribe. Wherever you find it, subscribe, and it automatically downloads. And and, just delete it, and and who cares? happy. Yeah. So I, I'm given to understand, Rick. I was fairly busy, but there was a there's a, a small golf tournament going on last weekend. Yes, there was, and you know it was, yeah, you know. I mean, it was fine golf by Scotty Scheffler, obviously, but the drama really wasn't there. Uh, Rory was basically the only guy in the final round that did anything, shooting right. at 64, but he was so far behind, you know. He ended up losing going away, basically. I mean, Scheffler coasted in the last couple of holes. I can't remember Tiger in some year or somebody just out the gate. and it, I mean, it wasn't in doubt from the turn on Thursday till, till the last putt went well, in. Well, I can remember the three record-setting scores. You know, Tiger has the record of 270. Ray Floyd and Jack Nicholas have two seventy ones, and that's the way they were. It was right, like whammo, mm-hmm. and out the gate they went. Never look back. Yeah, I mean, what what do we make of Scheffler? I guess there's there's not much to break down in the tournament. We I, I do want to talk about Tiger briefly here I, coming up, but but Scheffler. I feel like we do this after every major, right? Somebody new wins, and is well, he the next to take off? But, but he's won four out of six. If nothing else, this is a Jordan Spieth-type run right. from several years ago, and we all saw what happened to him. But, I mean, this is truly impressive. And he's not winning, you know, the the – Rick's dumb Amazon card open in Akron, Ohio, somewhere. He's won a major. These are big tournaments he's winning in impressive fashion. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, to even though he fell apart um, on number 12 in – after that, you know, Cam Smith had won the tournament player champ. He had won two out of four I just four like looking at Cam Smith. Oh, I, he I makes was, me so happy. I was pulling for Cam. <laughs> yeah. I, I really was. And I was hoping it would, you know, after after two holes, the one-shot difference. Right. And then it went back to four, I think, after another two holes. And it's it, over it just, Yeah, point. it was just never close. And it was a shame because it would have been nice to – to see a little drama come down the stretch if Rory was three or four under to start with right, would yeah. have made a big difference. Yeah, so, I, so I mean, we, we look at Scheffler. I mean, the big answer is right. We don't know. I, I, I will tell you this. He, he doesn't seem to say much in the media. Hopefully we get to see more of him. I found myself kind of uninspired by him going in. Even when, you know, he was, I don't know if he was the betting favorite, but based on what he'd done so far this year, I think he was among the favorites. And I think I said on the air when it came up last week when I was done ranting for an hour and a half about everything else, you know, he just. eh. Yeah, I actually said Scotty Scheffler playing really well, and you kind of, and came up with a brilliant, um, I I can't remember who you called, but he missed a was, cut. Was it not Rory? Nah. I might have threw him in as an aside later. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But 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 watching kind of for the first time then, watching Scheffler closely, I think I could like this guy. And I'll oh, be yeah. curious what he's like in the media. And now he's going to do every commercial on the planet. It is rare in any golf tournament, certainly in a major, certainly at the Masters. What I liked about him is it seemed after every shot or standing on every green or standing in every tee box where they showed him, he's just like cutting it up with his caddy. He's just completely loose. He's out there playing golf. He's not taking himself too seriously. He's playing fantastic golf, and it just looks like his mouth never stops running. I think half his caddy's job is to laugh at whatever he says, either that or he's freaking hilarious but he just kind of seemed down to earth and laid back and there was no pretense and he was just out there playing golf i seems like a guy i could like yeah i mean i i think he's going to be a a good personality out there which is 
kind of not refreshing. I mean, right. we need more of them. I, I, you know, I rant about this. I hate saying it all the time, but you know, we need some personality out there. I mean, look, nothing against Tiger, but it was so ridiculous oh. them fawning over everything that he did, even if it was lousy. Right. And granted, it, it was it was a great accomplishment just to make the cut. He shot one under the first round. And I, I'll tell you what, I was over at my daughter's house on Sunday morning, and her husband turned it on. It was like early in the morning, you know, how they have the yeah. coverage on the Golf Channel or whatever. And there's two schmucks sitting there. I don't even know who they are talking. And the camera is showing Tiger practice putting, mm-hmm. practice chipping, practice bunker shots, practice wedges off the tee. And every facet of his practice, they're talking about how solid it is. No, oh, yeah. And what all he has to do to get back into this thing. Meanwhile, he's seven over par, <laughs> <laughs> you know, going into the final round. And, and, you know, how much better he looks. And you could see him walking on the range. That right foot was just hitting like it was made out of clay. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, you know, he had a really distinct limp. By the fourth round, understandable. Augusta is a horrible place to walk if you happen to be an injured golfer. Trust me. Have you, you've been there, right? Yeah. Have you been at the Masters, or you've yes. just been at Augusta? No, at it, it, it Masters. I mean, you know, they're not going to let you into Augusta just to well, walk around. Well, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I, I under you are a big right. big wig in the golf game. Right, Rick Briggs here kind of like to look around. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it's a very difficult place to walk, and. But anyway, getting getting back to Tiger. I mean, you know, you need more personalities or you wouldn't have to force feed the only right. recognizable figure out there other than maybe Rory McIlroy. DeChambeau is such a non-factor at the Masters the last few years. Boy, he Ever just looks absurd. Pays par 68. Par 68. Really? <laughs> Well, you shot ten over today, yeah. buddy. You know? Yeah, he uh, he kind of he kind of stepped in it with that, and that's the even with Tiger. Tiger at his best was was a block of wood. I mean, he had no personality. None. What was intriguing by him was his dominance. Now that he doesn't have his dominance, he's starting to get a bit of personality off the course. But on the course, he's the same guy. He doesn't oh. even look at his playing partners. Yeah, I mean, get on YouTube. Get on YouTube. There's there's little clips of him. Telling a fan to f off and yeah, <laughs> I like that during the Masters. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, like that. Well, I mean, you know, it, he's just a grump. He, yeah, like you said, he's a he's a grumpy old block of wood. Yeah, and and well, I, I think it it was Friday when, when I finally jumped off. So Thursday, you know, like everybody else, like all the rubes and the boobs, I was all in. I got that thing up on my phone. I'm watching it at work. He goes one under, has a great round. I'm all into it. And then, you know, but already at that point, so after Thursday, he's one under. You can tell he's no threat to win this thing. You know, you'd think he'd maybe around longer, but I think my sense and most people's sense were what happened on the weekend was what was going to happen, right? He was going to steadily decline, and that was fine. So now that. I was under the, just the under my personal opinion. If this guy makes the cut, that's a win. Yeah. I mean, no doubt. But but at some point, you know, come Saturday, that's uninteresting. And you, and you talk about the practice shot things, and, and I didn't see that. But where they lost me is in I rushed home from work on Friday. He had the later tee time. And I get it on there, and I forget where he's at. He's made the turn. He might be in Amen Corner somewhere. And they had it. They got backed up. Two guys in front of them dumped it in the creek, and they got all backed up. Rather than showing any shots, I – I know oh, this is an exaggeration. Yes, yeah. 15 minutes of watching Tiger right. Woods and deconstructing how he eats a sandwich. Yeah. And it's like, all right, even for me, a Rube Golf fan, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, my God, what Who is Who grew this? up yeah. with Tiger. That's and, the only reason I watch well, golf yeah, is Tiger I mean, Woods. He was, you know, he was your – or Tiger Woods to you was like Nicholas and Palmer right. were to me. So, right. I mean, yes, but I didn't want to ever see – 
Jack Nicholas eating a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just and it's like anything, especially Thursday and Friday. It's ESPN coverage. It's what they do with everything. It's right. what they did with Shashevsky. It. It's just you know they've got nothing else interesting to talk about. They they don't they're not interested in the golf. They're interested in the story, and I guess I get that. But speaking of the story, Rick, before we move on, we can talk yeah. all all the golf you want. I don't care. But I did a little research, mm-hmm. and our buddy was back. Mr. Kyle Porter. Oh, yes. He had some thoughts on Tiger. Now, I'm not going to read the whole story. It's a long one. And I'll I'll give him credit. At the end, he almost looks like a nuanced, reasoned writer. Okay. But here's how he started out. Tiger Woods lifted himself up off the golf cart that had mercifully carried him from the tournament practice area to the front of the most famous clubhouse in the world. He took his hat off as he walked through its front doors. A minute later, he hobbled through the back doors of that same clubhouse and made his way towards the practice putting green next to the first tee. So he must have been watching what you saw on the Golf Channel there. (laughs) On his way, he stopped and hugged his mother. And then the wall of humans in front of him parted like the Red Sea for the very famous man in red and black. Tiger Woods shot a second straight six over 78 on Sunday afternoon at the 2022 Masters, a score that is merely a footnote to one of the most historical four-round stretches we've ever seen at a major championship from someone who didn't win the tournament. Woods became increasingly incapacitated as the week wore on. His hitch Thursday morning turned into a full-on limp by Sunday afternoon. This was not unexpected for someone who, at this time last year, watched the event from the bed that you could control with a remote. While it was tough to watch at times, this proud and mighty champion, a five-time green jacket holder, four-putting and struggling his way to 301 strokes over the course of four days at Augusta National, it also revealed his insatiable desire to compete and gratitude for simply being able to do so over 72 holes. What the hell is wrong with this guy? It's But yeah. this does seem to be the narrative. Like, look, let's make no mistake. Him playing in this tournament is miraculous. I, I can yeah. think of a better term. They're, he was going to lose his leg. But my God. God, have we sainted him? For oh, this I know. Stuff. I mean, and I'm, again, I'm the biggest Tiger fan you're going to talk to. And it, but after the sandwich incident, I was done. I was just, I'm over it. Yeah, I mean, look, you can't. There's no question in the desire and dedication, but you know, because he shot 301, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean it was the most historic four rounds in the no. annals of golf. No. I mean, I'm sorry. Um, maybe he owns four of the most famous. Yeah, he could be. I'm sure he's in the conversation. With the, with the he holds a record at Augusta National at the Masters. So, you know, let's put it in perspective. Right. It was a great effort. He's maybe on his way back to winning another tournament before he's done. Look, he's 47 years old. That's even if he didn't have all these other issues, right. it's about a wrap, right? Yeah. You know, and. You know, there's always, you know, the debate on who's the greatest, yada, yada. Take that part of it out of the equation. Jack Nicklaus won his last major at 46. He didn't almost lose his leg. Right. You know, I mean, it's just father time. Where's you down? Now, obviously He's undefeated. Huh? He's undefeated. Yes, he is. And, yes, I, I get that there's more training and, and, and more facilities and – Hell, let's face it, these guys are multi-multi-millionaires and have their staffs of chefs and trainers and all that to keep them going a little bit longer. But he's 47. Right. And all the injuries he had before and the the wife taking the the nine iron up to the side of his head and then the accident and almost losing the leg. I mean. Two accidents. Right. Pulled over, all drugged up yeah. on another incident. I mean, it seems we never got any resolution on that, did we? That that thing. Talk about having a great PR team. That thing just went away. We oh, never yeah. got any explanation as to what happened there. No, exactly. But you know, just getting back to that. I mean, you know, time's a ticking, and when you're coming back from something like that, he's talking about playing the the Open, the, the Open, the British yes. Open. 
I'm not even sure. I, I'd have to look at it. I should have looked before, but um, some of those courses aren't the easiest to walk over there either. Well, it's St. Andrews, so that is an easy one to walk. It is so, easy. You're so right. the yeah. speculation is starting already. He he was committed to, committal to that because right. it was St. Andrews. He was non-committal to the PGA, which is next month, I, I guess, yes, right, since month, they yes. changed the schedule. But right. he already committed, I mean, as much as he can in his condition to playing at St. Andrews. And you think about it, it is a flat course. It's, you know, I think we, he would have a good opportunity there. Right, I, yeah. I think he talked about uh, well, the memorial. You know, he was going to make an effort to get ready for the memorial oh, yeah, for, yeah. for Arnie, you know. but Jack. Or Jack. What would right. I say, Arnie? Yeah. Yeah, same guy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I, you know, before we get off of golf, I just want to – it really struck me watching this year for some reason that because I guess there's probably there there weren't a, a real plethora of the veterans really up there you know right that were really co- and that was another thing <laughs> here we go apparently and, you did not care for the Masters this year well the coverage is getting so it bad is, yeah. I mean. You you see two or three guys, and that's it. You're I right. mean, they they don't. Well, let's go ahead to seventeen and see what's going on. Maybe somebody made a great shot out of it. You don't even see those yeah. things. You know, they just don't even care. But anyway, watching a lot of these players, um, number twelve, little short par three, oh, amen corner. Eats people up. Why can't they figure out? Let me hit on the green, two putt, and get the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? everybody's trying to squeeze it in it that looks short so corner. There, easy. Yeah, you know, and they're they're up in the azaleas, rolling down out of that bed into that, you know, little hole down there, right. or in the back bunker, or in their lake. Yep. And I, I tell you what, it, it's just you saw many a demise there over the years, but. None bigger than Cam Smith, right? Or, I yeah. mean, he I was, mean, ha- if he had any chance, and I was never confident, I never felt still like he was in a danger of catching Schefter. That ended all of that, oh, right yeah, there. Yeah, triple bogey, no doubt. But but it, it happens constantly. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're just coming around ten, right? Okay, you get out of there with a par, good. You get on eleven, even worse. You get out of there with a par. Man, hit on the yeah, green just, on 12, get out of there. You got 13 coming yeah. up, 14 is not that tough, 15, another yeah, birdie. What, two out of three yeah. par fives coming up after that. Right. Yeah, why they don't just pick the widest spot, plunk it right there, and right. then let the putter do the work. Exactly. I mean, if you three putt, even still, you're better off than if you're ending up in the drink. You know what I Still mean? beats a six. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's that, that's what I'm seeing. So, but I, I'm kind of with you, and I don't know if I'm getting cynical in my old age, this is the first – I've always, guess noticed it. This is the first year that Jim Nance really irritated the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the reverence with which we talk about Augusta. And I'm tired of the patrons and the this and the that. And... It, it, excuse me. Yes, it really has gotten – you know, it was always talked about – how should I say – I guess reverently in a way with – Pat Summerall, mm-hmm. you know, Ken Venturi, Vin Scully, you know, Nor- or Vern Lundquist and so forth. But, yeah, Nance really seems over the top. And li- this year, I don't know if it stuck out to me more or he was worse this year. Right. I'm not sure what and it was. And maybe it's because I didn't even know any of the other announcers. Could be. Could, could I mean, be. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 and then there's another. I don't know. Here we go. <laughs> I think it was Judy Rankin was on the one hole. I think it was 15. And um, was it Scheffler? I think it was, I think it was Scheffler. He was off to the left a little bit. He's got a nine iron. Well, obviously he's going to lay up. I'm sitting there thinking, hey, no nine iron. You know, <laughs> he lays it on the green. He's got like about a 15, 18 footer for an eagle. <laughs> it's a nine iron. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I mean, where that information came well, from. Well, I always wondered how close they were staying and how they could really tell. I was always under the assumption well, she they was were. in the booth, I think. Yeah, I was always under the assumption they were lying to us that they didn't actually know what club they had in their hand. Right. Like, like from 150 yards, I couldn't, you know, I could tell the difference between a five and a pitching wedge, well, but I couldn't the tell the point. difference between a five, six, and a seven from 150 yards away. You're just lying to me. Yeah, well, that's my point. You're on a par five and you hit a second shot on the green. You didn't yeah. hit a nine yeah, iron. It certainly wasn't a big difference a nine. between that and a four. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. 
But but other than that, it was a great tournament. Yeah. I, 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 I thoroughly I thoroughly enjoy. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing, right? I think it was the oversaturation of Nance and, and all that, and yeah. then the Tiger thing and the ESPN Bukaki fest. It's just, you, that, that stuff. They they need to get ESPN. You just cover the NBA and leave everybody else the hell alone. Their golf coverage is horrible, or their well, their golf coverage, their yeah. NHL coverage is horrible. It, it's all horrible. It is. It, it really is. Yeah, and that, maybe that, they ought to get us a cover. Yeah, that, I would love to cover the Masters. You and I up on the 18th booth. Oh yeah, that, that, uh, I think that would, that would go over well with the with the patrons. That would be like Pat Summerall and Kim Ventura. I would think so. I, I mean, probably they may even compare us. I mean, put us a little bit above. Once we got well, going, I, w- I would think so. Yeah. Certainly, with, with my golden pipes and your your calm, rational demeanor. Exactly. I mean, that's what golf and, means. And my thorough golf knowledge. Well, certainly, yeah. Especially it, not only from from the player standpoint, history standpoint, agronomic standpoint as well. So, yeah. and you can tell the difference between a five and a nine iron yes, at a I, distance I if can. you have your glasses on. So that's good. <laughs> exactly. All right, so you're already irritated, I can tell. You're a little on edge today. I so am. I, I'm guessing you didn't see this. And, and I admit this is a deliberate it, – it's something worth talking about, but I bring it up only to deliberately trigger you, as the kids say, because otherwise a random L.A. Dodgers game in April is meaningless. But did you happen to see – what happened in the L.A. Dodgers game nary a few hours ago. I did not. Mr. Clayton Kershaw, I know you don't watch much baseball, but I'm sure you're familiar with his oeuvre, with his milieu. Yes. All right. So today. He Is this com- a no-hitter 80 pitches or something? Well, I, I wish it was only that. He okay. comes out today, and as Clayton Kershaw does, he's dominant. He throws seven perfect innings. Perfect innings, Rick. Okay. Perfect innings. Yes. No hits. No walks. No hit batters. Right. Reaches 80 pitches after seven innings, and they yank him. Yeah, that's what, yeah. That's <laughs> 80, what I thought. Yeah, I did see a little pitches. bit of something about that. Yeah. I, I would quit. What, what do you do? Uh, yeah, I would refuse to go come out. Yeah. I am not coming out. Yeah, yeah whoever, whatever dick you send from the bullpen, yeah. I'm going to go out, I'm going to pants him, and I'm going to punch him in the face, and I'm going to finish yeah. this game. I'm Clayton damn Kershaw. Yeah. I'm not, you know – Phil Smith, yeah. who just came into the league. I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, I told you the old story of, you know, Tim McCarver walking out to Bob Gibson. Gibson just waves him right yeah, back. Yeah, I don't, you don't need to come out yeah. here. That's exactly what Kershaw should have done. No, you just stay there. Yeah, and, and, and I don't understand it. You know, we have this debate. It seems to happen every year. Somebody will have a no-hitter going, going to the ninth. They'll have 130 pitches and and – I'm probably not as hardline. I, I don't assume everybody now can and should be like Bob Gibson. Well, they should be, but we start them when they're nine years old now, where you got innings limit, pitch count limits, all that. So, so really, are you're taking a big risk with a big investment when you when you get to the major leagues now? But to go to this level, and I know they always pull guys early in April. I get it. It's 80 pitches. It's a perfect game. Right. I, he can't go to 100. I mean, Clayton Kershaw is probably 35 years old. This ain't his first rodeo. I think he knows he, how he feels. Yeah, it's it's just so absurd. And baseball, I don't even know what to say. Labor strife all the year. No competitive balance whatsoever. You know, all the things. We don't have to rehash it all, but – then it's things like this in the nerd nicks and the analytics, and it just they're killing their game. And, yeah. and I honestly wonder if professional baseball as we know it or as we thought we knew it even exists 25 years from now. Like, I, who I, could possibly be interested in this junk? I don't know. I, I'll be honest with you, Rick. It, it's, you know, and they, they dragged 162 games out. I mean, it, you know, you go back – when I was in high school, it started mid-May or excuse me, mid-April. Mm-hmm. It didn't start in the March or beginning of April, right? And it didn't go all the way to Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving yeah. yeah, I yeah. mean it, it's ludicrous. They can't play double headers. They want seven inning double headers. <laughs> they wanted that crap. I mean, this is it is absurd. Yeah, I, you mean to tell me some guy can't stand at second base two games in a row? <laughs> Uh, come on. I mean, they've all played 
six games a weekend every weekend since they were nine years old in these travel and all-star tournaments. But all of a sudden now they get to the bigs, they can't play more than seven innings at a time. Right. The, the, the whole thing. And it is. It is so broken. It, it's. I, I think it may be unfixable. I think it, And I'll tell you another thing. We go back to all this stuff that we're talking about. You know, well, they need a ceiling. They need a floor and all this kind of cap space and everything. Right. But the owners really don't want it. Well, you know who Bob Castellini is? I'm familiar with the name. You're going to have to refresh He me. is the owner since 2006 of the Cincinnati Reds. Okay. All right. Okay? Um, now, Bob Castellini, he's 80. You know, he made his bones from basically nothing. You know, he, he has, I mean, a... I would probably call it an empire. I guess I guess it's like a fruit and vegetable, like produce, wholesale, distribution company, corporation, okay. whatever, you know. And, you know, through all his work and everything, he became a very wealthy man. Right. Born and raised Cincinnati, always a Red fan. The opportunity came up in 06. He bought them. All right. Okay. Now, this is a team. Me growing up, I remember the Big Red Machine teams, you know, the Pete Roses, the Johnny Benches, right. the Joe Morgans. You can remember the Barry Larkins, you know. Yeah, the, the, the Barry nine. Larkin, Chris Sabo, right. those teams in the exactly. 90s that the well, Pirates competed with when they could actually compete, too. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, this is a story. Yes, kids, it happened. The Pirates used to be competitive. This is a storied franchise. Right. They've oh, absolutely. They've been around for 100 and some years. Yeah, they're right up there with the Yankees in terms of history. Exactly. So, anyway, Bob Castellini bought the team in 06. Now, he makes his son, Phil, Phil, the COO of the Reds. Big mistake. I'm guessing Phil's a douche nozzle. Well, I'm going to tell you. Now, now bear in mind, now that we just talked about this is a storied franchise. Yes. Multiple world championships, you know, and it is one as recently as 90. So, I mean, it's been lean for a while. But since 2006, they've had five winning seasons. That's no bueno. And one of them was 31 and 29 in the COVID <laughs> short <laughs> hey, season. It counts, so, baby. So if you're going to count it, that's five since two, 2006. I'm giving it to them. Well, even with that shortened season, and then last year they were 83 and 79, and a little hope in Cincinnati, fine. Right. Okay? Well, then they had the fire sale. Well, of course. Yeah, we're starting to win. We yes. can't have this. Right. Payroll slash, they are the bottom half of the league. I think they're 10th lowest out of the 30 teams Fantastic. in total, total payroll. Well, the fans are getting a little upset. I can imagine. And they're starting to rumble a little bit. Well, he just happened to be on, and I'm talking about Phil, the the owner's son, who probably has never done anything in his no. life other than have whatever Bob worked for, give it to yeah, him. Yeah, count daddy's money. He was, he, he's, his title is president and chief, yeah, COO, chief operating officer. Um, he was inter- being interviewed on, what is it, 700 WLW in oh, Cincinnati. That's my favorite radio station. Yeah. Well... Um, he was asked, the fans are giving them a lot of heat. Why should they trust you? And that was basically the question. All right. This was his answer. Well, where are you going to go? <laughs> if you want to look at what you do with this team to have it be more profitable, make more money, compete more in the current economic system that this game exists, it would be to pick it up and move it somewhere else. So be careful what you ask damn for. Damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. He said this? Yes. In the media? Yes. He has since come out and apologized, oh. knowing how the fans feel now oh. all of a sudden. Well, now he learned. Of, because they're ready to hang him. <laughs> but, and probably dad probably threw him up against oh, the wall and said, man. what is wrong with you, you stupid <laughs> moron? Why did I make you president? Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, and, you know, he said – Further on, he says, are you going to abandon being a Reds fan? We haven't abandoned it. We haven't abandoned investing in the team. The point is how about everybody just settle down and oh. celebrate and cheer for the team. Oh, oh, oh man. 
Yeah. Oh my God. So don't <laughs> there. I don't know if there's anything fixable. These guys are making a ton of money. It, they're talking to a fan base, one of the best baseball fan oh, bases, yeah. period. Oh. How they work hard, buying jerseys, buying tickets, buying your damn hot dogs, right. overpriced and everything at the stadium, and tells them that. It, and what it does, it shines a light on, right? I think these are the things we speculate on, you know, us in the Pittsburgh area dealing with this and, and with Bob Nutting in, in the fact that you kind of always believe this, that the owners aren't actually trying to win. Right. In fact, they make more money not winning. I can't believe this rum-dum said it out loud, right? Yeah. I, I think we all knew it, but to say it out loud, that these owners in Major League Baseball in general are saying – well, where else are you going to go? What else are you going to do? We're the only game in town. Eat it or don't. I don't care. It's That's a, it is just unbelievable. Yeah. And, and, you and, t- and you tell me, Mister, you know, Phil, where are you going to take? And, and let's not even just say the Reds. Where are you going to take the Cincinnati Reds? Right. right. And move them to. Yeah. And I mean, you're right. You think about it. Maybe New York, L.A., St. Louis. In Cincinnati, I think Chicago. You know, those are probably your top five fan bases for for professional baseball. Boston, probably Boston. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So right, so but I mean, they're yeah. in that conversation. They're they're not in the Florida Marlins conversation, no, exactly. right? They're, Montreal they're, Expos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not the Pirates. You know, no. although the Pirates have a great fan base. It's just forty years of being kicked in the balls has kind of chased a, a lot of us, and I will say us. Yeah. away from this thing. But, you know, th- these people saying the quiet part out loud is just unfathomable. they they, they got to run this jagaloon out of town. And, and, and really, it comes back to the problem of baseball. This is where the – where the problem lies with the economics of baseball, it isn't large market and small market. It, it really isn't. It's There is no financial incentive to win. So it's owners who either don't need the money or have that competitive drive, the Yankees, the, the Dodgers, we have this Cardinals. in Houston now, the Cardinals, and the people who are there to make money. If you're there to make money, trying to win is foolish. I mean, we see the news came out this weekend that the Lerner family, which is billionaires 47,000 times right. over looking to sell the Nationals, which is kind of unthinkable, right? You know, I mean, they've only, the place has only been in existence for 16 years, but still, you know, it's a very wealthy family, very ingrained in that community, and most of the speculation is Juan Soto's coming up on a deal. It's going to be $400 million. They can't stomach having a payroll that high. However, they don't want to be the ones responsible for letting Max Scherzer uh, go through the list of guys they've lost, Bryce Harper, the list right. of guys they've lost the last couple of years, and now they're going to let Juan Soto walk in the prime of what's looking like is going to be a Hall of Fame career. So they'd just rather get out than pay. Their franchise is worth ten times what it was when they bought bought the Expos. And move them to Washington. I mean, th- this is the is that, econo- is that where they is that the mm-hmm. t- okay? I was thinking they went to Florida. Well, hold on, let me make sure I'm right. No, no, it was yeah, it was the Expos okay. moved right. to, moved to Washington. Well, see, the thing is, Rick, you know, you look at Washington. I don't even know if you remember the old Washington Senators. No, way before my yeah. Time. Well, see, they folded and took off. I think Washington's. I mean, that's a wishy washy fan base. You got well, Baltimore. You could throw Baltimore in as one of those premier baseball fan bases. Oh, absolutely. And and, and those people are suffering just like the Pittsburgh. They get treated like Pittsburgh, yeah. Exactly. And I just don't think that a D.C. fan base – look, this is a World Series winning team. You know, and and I would – My favorite team briefly if you look over my right And I would wager a lot of money. There's a lot more Baltimore Orioles fans in that area than there are national. Absolutely. I think – the thing is, DC's like like Las Vegas. It's like I'm trying to think of other transient cities. There's precious few people actually born and raised in DC. More more so now, but but you know, looking back traditionally, it's people go there for work. People bring you know right. You, you go to you go to DC, and I. I did and will again if, if, as COVID's calming down here. Go to DC for work a lot, and it's kind of the one foreign city, foreign I say foreign to to me. Right. Not at, anyhow, 
you know, you can walk around in your Steelers gear, your Penguin gear, and your yeah. I know it's not a four. Well, in a lot of ways, it is, but we won't yeah. get into that. But and and everybody either was or thinks they're from Pittsburgh, or was or thinks they're from wherever. You know, people move there for work. There's nobody actually from there, and anybody that's actually from there, anybody I've met has either recently adopted in Washington, you know, when they were winning a World Series, right. but are really deep down Orioles fans. And and so you, Oh, they so drop it like a hot potato if oh, Baltimore oh, could even yeah. be remotely yeah. competitive. Yeah, if Baltimore could go 81 and, you know, 81, 81 right. it would be you know, they'd all be Baltimore fans right. again. But just the economics of baseball were set up that you're counting on the goodwill of a handful of teams to want to win because economically it makes more sense to lose it. I don't know how you come back from that. The players just want more money. That's all they care about. The owners just want more money. That's all they care about. The system is set up perfectly for that. There is no incentive and thus nothing on the horizon that would indicate to me that if you're not a fan of the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox, those handful of teams, you ever have anything to hope for. Exactly. And and you just – you can only pray maybe you're a – Miami fan that they pick this is the year they're going to try to buy a championship right. and they'll be competitive yeah. for a year. Yeah. But but they can't sustain any of that. Like you said, there's like the six or seven cities that can sustain that type of spending year in and yeah. year out. And that's basically what you have in this sport. Yeah, and it just um, – and at this point, it, it can go away. I, I mean, it, it, it's a shame. It, it's not a good product to watch. It's not a competitive product. You know, the only good thing, you know, about a baseball game anymore is going to a baseball game. And, and you have such disillusioned fans that right. I'm not going to go spend, you know, they charge like they're the NFL now. And you go in there and the product's not as good. And there's weird things, but I'm supposed to feel better because now the shift is illegal. Yeah, that's no, going to solve all the problems. No, that, that's just ludicrous. And, and this whole this whole um, guise of, well, analytics – prove blah 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 you know they think people they say that people want to see home runs of course everybody likes to see a home run but you know what i've been to plenty of baseball games where a team is is, comes up and maybe gets five hits in an inning right and puts two or three across the plate and then maybe three or four innings down the road they do the same thing again and maybe they score seven runs, but they don't even have a home run. That's fine. That's providing action. There's, well, there's yeah. things going on all the time. But now you got these boneheads up there. If it's not a home run, it's a strikeout. Right. And then you have the guys striking them out after seven innings. Oh, whoa, whoa, you're at too many pitches. Time to sit down. Then they bring in some bozo that couldn't get you or me out. And then all of a sudden, two home runs later, oh, it's a brand new game. Boy, this right. is exciting. No, it's stupid. Well, and – and that's where maybe delayed, I think several other professional sports are heading in that direction. Look, home runs are great. Chicks dig the long ball, right? But it, it needs to be rare, and it needs to be special, and it needs to be a big deal. Rare's overstating it, but it needs to be a big deal, not the, not the baseline, right? And I think you, we see it in the NBA, Right, the three-point shot. Where now everybody, right. all they because the analytics say all they do is shoot threes. That's all kids work on. It's so now it's everybody just dribbling up to the just across the logo, letting it fly, and we see what happens. That's what the NBA and college basketball is going that way now as well. You look at the NFL. You know, everybody every now and again likes that forty-eight to forty-five game, flinging the ball all around. But as they make change the rules in the name of safety, I'm doing the air quote thing here, to where you're not allowed to play any defense, you're not allowed to hit a quarterback, you're not allowed to defend anybody. That gets old, too. Look, the 60-yard touchdown pass should be rare and exciting. It shouldn't be what offense is. Right. It shouldn't be a game of Madden. All the sports with the with the push from analytics are going that way, and it ain't for me. Now, maybe maybe now I'm, you know, I make fun of you all the time. Maybe now I'm, I'm the old guy. Maybe this is what the 19, 20, 25-year-olds want to see, but it, it isn't for me. You know, baseball, I like defense. You know, my favorite player growing up was Ken Griffey Jr. And obviously that that sweet swing and he could pound the ball and he could run. I loved watching him play defense. You sure. remember Bo Jackson, what he could do defensively. I like that. You Ozzie don't, Smith. Yeah, you yeah. don't 
yeah. Ozzie Smith, right. You don't get Jose Lean for yeah. any, any of our Pirates historians out there. You don't get to see any of that because it's either the ball is 450 feet out the dead center or it's just the pitcher and the catcher playing catch. Right. And it's it, you take away such a big part of the game. You know, Forget the economics. It's, it's terrible. It is. And I, I just don't think – that it's going to be fixable because the owners are making a ton of money. The players are making a ton of money. And quite frankly, as long as people are spending money, making the money, it's not going to change. No, no. And they have no incentive. This is just an airing of grievances today. So we hate the Masters. We hate Major League Baseball. What else do you hate, Rick? Oh, I hate lots of things. I mean, you know, where, where should we start? I don't really. This isn't really hate but Daniel Snyder's in a little bit of hot water I mean I'm kind of really neutral about the Washington commanders yeah the commanders better than football team I think but I never never really cared for Daniel Snyder um now he's a smarmy little douche isn't he smarmy you know Ripped, you know, fired coaches for no reason, oh, you know, brought in, you know, had too much say, especially early on oh. about players being brought in and so forth. And talk about somebody who destroyed a once proud franchise. Exactly. Well, now he is under, there's uh, new developments apparently. And I don't know where, how it got started, but apparently he has been withholding revenue being made not refunding uh season ticket holders this has been i've heard that this has been a Um, knock on him for a while yeah um and and of course you know the what comes up it says well it's okay here i'll just read it tuesday's update was the surprise that the congress oversight and reform committee set sent a 20-page letter to the FTC and copies to the Attorney Generals of Maryland and Virginia. Okay, 24-year employee of the then Redskins, Jason Friedman, alleges two dishonest acts by the commanders, one being season ticket holders. Having made security deposit, the commanders may have not refunded their own season ticket holders and may have taken steps preventing their season ticket holders from collecting the money owed them. But, of course, notice the use of may have. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, may have is doing a lot of work in that sentence. Well, yeah, but, I mean, I guess you can't just come out and say it. Right. You know, um, but, you know, secondly, the Washington management may have, again, taken money rightfully assigned to go to other NFL visiting teams and redirected those funds to go toward other non-NFL events, such as a concert or Navy football game. Hmm. That sounds bad. Yeah, it it doesn't sound good. So, I mean, that's basically all I really have on that. But if anything comes out of that, what do they do? I I felt like before this this came along, you know, we were getting on the verge of, you know, the, the owners. I don't know exactly how that works, the league, the other owners, forcing Dan Snyder to sell, right? You know, right. Kind, kind of everything going on. And then in the last couple of years, forget the name thing. I, I, don't, I don't think that's anything. But with the the allegations of the cheerleaders or the dance squad, where they are, and the sexual assault and the hostile work environment right. that was going on in inside inside that organization, and, and you just thinking, I mean, th- there's precedent for it. You know, they pushed out the the Panthers owner, right? You know, several years ago. What, what was that? Racist comments, I think he made, yeah. or, or something like that. And you saw it ha- happen with Donald Sterling of the Clippers. You know, the, yeah. there is precedent for this. And but somehow it seems like Dan Snyder just has nine lives. I mean, you think about it. They right. did that. The, NH, the NFL did that big Washington investigation, and the only one who paid any price was John Gruden. <laughs> he didn't even right. have anything to do with, with Washington. Right. And there's something the NFL won't release the investigation. Nobody will talk about what was found. There, there's something weird, really weird going on there. 
Right. And, you know, like you said, he does have nine lies. But if this turns criminal, because mm-hmm. okay, it is reported to two state attorney generals and the FTC, you know, so, you know, he could sell on the condition, hey, it goes away or he fights to the bitter end. And if something does happen, obviously he'll lose the team. Um I'm kind of hoping. That'd be, that'd be kind of exciting. Yeah, yeah, get somebody in. Well, it'll probably be like Bezos or somebody you, you don't want owning. In a, although, and you think about it, you know, even fr- from the community, he could get pressure from the Washington luminaries. You know, he wants a new stadium. Have you ever been to that dump? I, I, I was there. I had never been there for a football game. I went there when Guns N' Roses had the reunion tour. It was that three or four years ago. I went to see it down there because that was earlier than the Pittsburgh show, and I was so desperate to see Guns N' Roses. I mean, that plate building isn't all that old. I mean, RFK is still right. standing, so that tells you how new right. FedEx is. And that thing is just a dilapidated piece of crap. And it's this big cavernous. The sight lines are awful. It's dirty. It stinks. You know, was it last year or the year before? The poor guy sitting there in that sewage pipe blew over yeah. his head, and it's just blowing crap all over right. him. I mean, so he's trying to get a new stadium. He's got all this going on. It just seems the conditions are ripe just to push this doofus which, out. Which is really, you know, and it baffles me because there's been, and not not just Washington. I mean, there's been other cities, you know, with this stadium issue. And, and I look, one of the best and still most um, revered stadiums is Arrowhead. Right. That's like 50 years old. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it's really not out of date. It's not falling apart. Um, the noise, the acoustics oh, yeah. that they created there is incredible. And, you know, they're talking about um, a new stadium in, what is it, Kansas City. Where is Arrowhead? Is it Missouri or Kansas? I, I anyway, but they confused. were going to go across the right. border, whichever. And now there's talk out, hey, man, you know, we got Arrowhead. Why don't we just you know put some money back right. into it? And so, you know, time will tell on that, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, well, I think the problem is, you know, when, when building these stadiums, and I'm not going to get into the public money for stadiums debate, but, but especially when there's public money involved, you've, you've got to build something that has some character that's enduring. When you build, like, all those cookie cutters like Three Rivers and Riverfront and all those ones, they had yeah. to blow up because they were awful. You know, build something like Fenway, like Wrigley, like Yankee Stadium. I know they got a new one, but, I mean, it was around for 150 years, right. it felt like. But you just build this cookie cutter, you know, like like even this spaceship they build it out in Los Angeles. I mean, at some point that becomes absurd, you know. It's, right. I, I don't know. The, the whole thing, I, I hope they push Dan Snyder out. That would be quite interesting. So last thing, and I don't bring this up because I want to talk about the issue specifically, but but the fallout from it. But terrible, terrible story about Dwayne Haskins Yes, o- over the weekend. But, you know, and, you know, best out to all his family. I'm sure they're not, any of them are ever going to hear this. But oh. but terrible, <laughs> st- well, well I. <laughs> that's just ludicrous. Well, you would say something well, they, like that. All right. Maybe, Maybe in their grief, but later on they'll okay. listen to it. All right. But so, you know, ter- terrible tragedy. Young man cut down in his prime. But this, ha- have you seen on, on the, the tweeter machine, and this goes to a larger problem, when, when Adam Schefter tweeted this out, did, did you see all this nonsense? I did not see. So it. of course he's got to be the, the time. He's got to be the first one to break everything. Right. And I don't have it up in front of me. This isn't a direct quote, but he, he basically says, you know, Dwayne Haskins, few weeks short of his twenty fourth, twenty fifth birthday, dies hit hit by a car. I, I forget how he worded, but then he puts, you know, kind of his obituary of whatever will fit in a tweet. You know was a star at Ohio State and then failed or struggled to catch on in the NFL with failed stints in Washington and Pittsburgh, which is dumb to say yeah. and is insensitive. But, Rick, I am telling you, people lost their mind on Twitter <laughs> to the point where he had to host a podcast and apologize for it and say, you know, this that wasn't the right time. I should have celebrated the man not the professional athlete. And then I was in the bathroom, so I had time. <laughs> and, and I got to scrolling through the replies then to the apology. And 8,000 people who have nothing to do with Dwayne Haskins, nothing to do with Adam Schefter, nothing to do with anyone, 
I don't accept your apology. You should be fired. First of all, he wasn't <laughs> apologizing to you, dickhead. Yeah. Right? He doesn't owe you an apology. But this faux fake outrage oh, on yeah. Twitter is unbelievable to me. Oh, it is. It, it's it's ludicrous. And you can't – no one can say anything. No, because no. There, there's always Joe Schmo that, that – just got off work or doesn't go to work and sitting there looking at his phone oh there we go and they start putting out these you know vitriol responses to anybody oh. and anything but i i can see you know because th- there were play- steelers players that reacted to the original tweet you know this is trash you don't need to degrade the man i don't think i don't even think it was that bad but i, I have right. the sensitivity of a crocodile so right. so you know think things like that don't come across to me but then you know he takes the public push and he gets the push and he comes out and apologize and what else do you want him to do i mean we live in a world now where honestly there is a large segment of the population of this country who thinks if you say one thing incorrectly if you misspeak once if you make one mistake you should no longer be allowed to be employed i mean they're calling for his head and and we're always going to boycott everything right boycott espn and it's just unbelievable i don't know why but i watch that and i get infuriated oh i know who who are you he, he, he didn't owe you an apology anyhow. You're just the dickhead in your mother's basement. No, yeah. Nobody cares what you think about anything. I know. And, and, you know, this isn't anything, you know, not telling you to be religious, but, I mean, here's a great quote. You know, let, let those that haven't sinned cast the first <laughs> well, yeah. stone, pal. You know, so just let's just calm down yeah be like old phil castellini calm down a little bit (laughs) or like like the (laughs) everybody i encountered last weekend right calm down sir (laughs) yeah we don't want to go there anymore don't get me going again but but there seems to be there there's this push now i i don't even know how i dummied across this i spend a lot of time in the bathroom well where do you you know the the fact that ajayi where'd that button come from (laughs) whoops there we go. Whoops, what's going on? IJE likes that kind yeah, of yeah. music there. Yeah, I don't know. His new calling. Man, Finkelstein yeah. ain't even here. He's still screwing up. <laughs> what a what a dullard. But I guess that's it. But that's th- our cue. Well, hold on. One thing I, I do want to get out in there, and then we'll get out of here. I guess we'll just let that play wherever that came from. But uh, I like it. They, uh, I just dummied across this. There's this new trend where, you know, everybody, they go on vacation and they post it all over social media. Well, Rick, I know you were planning your your biannual trip to Hawaii here later this year. You know, a man of means such as yourself. Yeah. If you do, do not post about it on Twitter because it's been decided. I I don't know by whom, but it's very important to all the, the, the mob on Twitter that, the, the native Hawaiians, and a native Hawaiian doesn't mean somebody that lives in Hawaii, even that was born in Hawaii. You have to be able to trace your lineage back to whatever the native, yeah, whatever the native right. Hawaiians were. They don't want the tourists there anymore. Something about colonization and whatever. Oh, I, before we get, I don't want to cut you off, but you know, guess what? It's a state. <laughs> well, no, it's not, not another country. It's not a legitimate state because really? because because we we stole the land, so it's not legitimate. That's part of the argument. I gotcha. But so now, and it's wild. You you'll see just some cute girl posting a picture of her, you know, selfie on the beach in Hawaii. Literally. 15,000 responses shaming them for doing this and you if you if you traveled Hawaii you promote genocide you promote colonization cool. and people just attack it, it, who has the time to sit around and do this and be offended that some tart went to Hawaii on spring break well to all those people I don't know when my next trip is okay but to all those people that think that <laughs> Can care less. Pal. Yeah, th- this was just an airing of grievances today, wasn't it? I I, I've got to get somewhere where at least a palm tree <laughs> that looks like I'm in in Hawaii, and I'm going to oh, post all it, kinds and of watch pictures. it and see what happens. Hey, Let- it's traffic. What do we care? Yeah. <laughs>
That's true. All engagement is good engagement. Exactly. All right. Well, we're going to quit bitching. We're going to get out of here and go take a nap. Maybe we'll be in a better mood next week. You know what? Finkelstein might be the glue that holds this thing together. There's no stick today. It was just bitching. That's true. We were we were kind of grumpy. Yeah, yeah it happened. He, well, he's so jovial. Yeah, I think that's what it Loud, is. Loud, in, infectious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. His his obvious charisma is just infectious <laughs> to the rest. That's what it is. Well, so hopefully he's out of prison and stops getting drunk and running pantsless through schoolyards, and this isn't a long term one, and we right. get him back next week. Go ahead, check out everything over on Twitter's at Chaos and Disorder. Look for Briggs Vacation pictures there. <laughs> Chaos and Disorder Pod on the Facebook, AsylumFootball at gmail.com. What's the other one? Chaos and Disorder Pod at yeah. Gmail. Yes. And what's up with them draws at hotmail.com. <laughs> AsylumFantasySports.com. You can hear better shows than this one. Until next time, we'll see you. Take care. I don't know where you dug out. I, I don't know where this came from. <laughs> I'm over. I like it. Hell yeah. We're nothing but variety oh, driven. Man. Absolutely. Does fit with the theme of the show. Thing is, I can't kick too many anymore. Well, you're not a young man. No. <laughs>